Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everybody. I'm Angelina. And I'm Brandy. And this is Talk 40 to Me. And I am super excited. I have a friend on the show today with us in my past life, we met when I owned an Anytime Fitness. So this was some moons ago and we were able to connect in that way. And she has since, you know, remained a friend and we stay in touch. And I thought we're going to, we love to talk about health and wellness, right? So I thought it'd only be fitting to feature Stephanie Osborne, her business, her inspiring journey. She's a mom and a wife and all of the things and business owner. And so I know that's one of Brandy's loves is women in business. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So I want to just introduce my friend Stephanie and share with you, let her share with you guys her story and inspire us to focus on self-care and our journey and all of the things. And maybe it'll give you some ideas on, you know, even launching your own career, focusing on you a little bit, which I think is important. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having So tell me a little bit, I know about you, right? And I know about your journey. So I think I would love for you to share with people listening, what propelled you to focus in on a meditation business to start Meditate New Orleans and really at a different time in your life when your kids were older, like change your career path and tell me about you. Thank you. So I've been, I'm married to Terrence Osborne and he's a local artist and really a renowned artist. And I've spent most of our, we've been together for 26 years and I've spent about 22 years supporting his career. And he's very successful. And it's because we've worked as a team. But um, when I turned about 39, I was turning 39 and I started realizing that I didn't have anything that I was doing, you know, for me. And so my daughter was watching And I wanted to be an example to her of like, what a strong woman looked like, what an independent woman, even in a marriage. And so I started telling my husband, like, I've been supporting your career all these years and I'm not doing anything for myself. And he said, well, what would you do for free? Like, don't make it about money. The money comes when you do what you really love. So what would you do for free? And I said, well, I meditate all the time. I would help other people guide med, you know, like experience present moment awareness. And so I would guide meditation and he said, we'll do that. So I just started. Um, so about six years ago, I started my corporate mindfulness business. And um, before that, I was like guiding my friends and my family members through meditation. Our family had a practice of mindfulness. That's when I kind of brought it into the corporate world. So that's what I've been doing. I love that. I think I really like the idea that you said, what would you do for free? You know, Mm -hmm. because I think so many of us, Brandy and I have said this over the years, like in our thirties, we're like, oh God, I'm in mid thirties. I don't even know what I want to be when I grow up, you know? And I don't think many of us look at it like, what, what's your passion? What would you do if you didn't get paid? And then because you love it, right. Then it becomes a career. Right. And so often you hear people say, find something you love. Mm -hmm. Choose a career in something you love and then find a way to make money from it because then you'll never work a day in your life 
I'm still trying to find that, but <laughs> um, I mean, I, I do what I love for sure. But, you know, there's times I do remember where I've spent some days and I'm like, gosh, I don't even feel like I worked. I feel like I just, you know, I kind of had some fun today. And so that's so rewarding because the majority of your days are spent working. Mm -hmm. If you're not happy, it makes it really difficult to separate that and come home to family and, and, and turn that switch off. Mm -hmm. We only have one life. <laughs> Absolutely. And I did, I mean, I'm a very literal person. So I was like, okay, for a while I was like offering it for free. <laughs> You know, like, you know, it's not about money. Oh, my husband was like, so when are you going to start making money off of this? You know, <laughs> I have learned to monetize it by um, offering mindfulness workshops and a mind, a six week mindfulness course. But I really just love to offer um, to like help people relax and calm and find ways to reduce their blood pressure and um, their anxiety uh, through mindfulness. Man, I, I need that so much. And so since I'm not in New Orleans, can you tell us a little bit more about Meditate New Orleans? And do you offer any services outside of New Orleans, like on social or in a virtual environment? And tell us a little bit more about the experience that one would receive from, from, your, med from your guided meditation. Sure. I offer in person twice a week. And it's by donation. And at the end of August, I'll start the six-week program where um, that is a six-week course for $350. And then the Saturday sessions are, on are by donation. And um, those are in person. Every here and there, I offer a live on Facebook. So tonight, I'm offering a mindful yoga nidra, which is a sleepy time meditation. It helps you to bring awareness to the sensations in your body and all. And I also offer corporate mindfulness. So I am guiding a course at Diversity Lane School of Social Work. And also um, Ashner brings me in here and there. And I, I work with their uh, ER physicians. So, yeah. I like that. That's cool. So you could go into a corporate business and sort of help center the staff and... Yeah, folks bring me in for workshops to tend to their staff and to cultivate sometimes when there's a wellness you know, like a staff wellness week, they bring me in. Yeah. I had wanted to ask, so you and I had spoken briefly about your forties because the day I saw you was my fortieth birthday and I was in my feelings about it. And Brandy and I have had this conversation about turning 40, but you just had such a different perspective on it. And you had this idea, I don't know, you just made me feel so much better about turning 40, like that this was a good season in my life. So can you tell me more about that, like your thoughts and how, what has this season been like for you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I definitely started stepping into my autonomy and mm -hmm. I turned, when I stepped into my forties, I definitely found my value connected to my husband and my kids. And I started kind of stepping into like, um, what do I want as my kids are getting older and um, what's good for me and um, not caring as much about what other people think and um, just being, you know, this is the time. Is this a women's podcast or? You know, we've been teetering on that. Like we were like, do we want to have all women? Do we want to do men? But our focus audience is obviously because we're both women and we're women in our 40s. It, that is going to be our target demographic probably. Yeah. 
Okay, well, um, I just wanted to say that that's when you reach your sexual peak in your 40s for women and uh-huh. awesome and liberating. You know, it's like you, when you're younger, you might have more sex when you're, you know, like wild and free. But as you get older, you like understand sex different and you can yeah. really allow yourself to release in a different type of way as a as a woman, you know, um, yeah. So all of that happens in your 40s. Yeah. As your kids get older, you're able to do that. So how old are your your kids right now? Mine are 11 and 8. And mine are 8 and 5. Both boys. Both of us have both two boys. Wow. So you probably have play dates when y'all visit each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. We really wish we could be in the same city, but. I mean, all of that happens. All of that happened to me. Um, in my 40s, you know, except into my autonomy, I um, cared less about what other people thought. And I kind of connected with my, like reached my, I'm reaching my sexual peak, I'm in it. And so it's totally different and it feels amazing. So do you feel like, at least for me, with you on caring less what others think of me. And then I'm much more like confident in my, like my body and in my own skin, I guess is the word. Like we feel better in our own skin. Whereas Brandy and I were saying the other day, like, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self, like to stop worrying so much and stop thinking like, oh, this doesn't look good on me or I don't feel myself, you know? Yeah. Well, I know that I definitely was um, more conservative before I, um, and I have a, you know, I, I like my body, you know, I like yeah. and my size and, um, but I've always been very conservative. And in my forties, I started kind of like owning my body more, like owning my curves and, and not flaunting them, but accentuating them for sure. And like feeling, yeah, feeling good in my body. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. Like look at this and we only get one body. Right. And I try to look at it every morning. It's like, I am grateful to be able to have this body and to be able to move it and use it. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get into meditation? What led you to exploring meditation and then on to teaching it and, and giving other people that experience on, you know, you mentioned health and blood pressure. I mean, I have high blood pressure. I have anxiety. I'm very curious to learn more about what led you to that place. And if there's any science behind how meditation helps a person living with those, those two conditions and maybe others. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to uh, meditation when I was a theater student at, at NOCA, New Orleans Center for Creative Arts. And um, there's four classes, voice, drama, movement, and technical design. And when I, I would go into the movement class at the very end, we would always end in like a Shavasana. So if you've been to yoga class, Shavasana is that last pose. It's called corpse pose. It's release all the muscles in your body. And that's the part where I fall asleep <laughs> in a yoga class. <laughs> Well, actually, um, I might off here and there too, but it was the best time for me because I was a teenager and I had all these things going on at school and at home. And it was the first time that I noticed like, wow, this feels good. Not being attached to anything, like really being in the present moment. And so I kept, um, I looked forward to that at the end of class. And then I started, um, I went to UNO 
and got a degree in psychology, but I used my yoga classes as my PE requirements. And, um, and then afterwards, it's like I, I would study. I was more of like a crisis med- meditator. A crisis meditator is like a crisis prayer. You know, like sometimes people only pray when they're like stressed out. Outside of that, they don't go to church. They don't. So I was like a crisis meditator. You know, I would not meditate unless I was stressed. Then I got ulcerative colitis. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And um, they said, hey, you know, if, you know, when you reduce your stress, your symptoms are reduced in addition to, you know, your eating. So um, I started a, med- a regular meditation practice at that time. And then I kind of, I kept doing it. And then that's when I reached, I was 38. I was about to be 39. And I was like, really excited about like, oh my God, I was more thinking 40, you know, it's like I was 38, about to be 39, but I was thinking 40, Mm -hmm. my husband. And so I was like, I need to do something big, like really big because I'm about to be 40. And I did this photo shoot. I did this Marie Antoinette photo shoot with my family. And again, it was about my family, to be honest with you. Like I was the center, but it's like I had all my family around and, you know, it was a great photo shoot. But afterwards I was like, wow, this isn't, this isn't significant. You know, this doesn't say anything. It's just a picture. Mm -hmm. What am I really doing? And so I told my husband, like, I'm, this doesn't say anything. I'm, you know, I'm 39 years old. My kids only see me on the computer all the time because I've been working on the business. And so the business is not, you know, they don't really know, you know, when you're on the computer 24 seven on vacation, after school, during homework, first thing in the morning, why are you on the computer all the time about contracts and, you know, and all that. And so, um, and proposals and stuff. So um, I just said, I don't want to be 40 and my daughter doesn't know like what I really do because it would be like, dad is the artist. And, you know, my mom organizes vacations and things like that. And I was doing so much more. Right. That's when my husband said, well, what do you, you know, what could you do for free? And so um, I was like meditation, um, but I've been guiding like my family and friends, but I needed to do it on a corporate level because I was thinking money. I wanted my daughter to connect me with direct connection to money instead of me getting money through the business where she couldn't see my role. So I was thinking money and my husband was like, no, just focus on what you love. It'll come. And the passion, your kids will see the passion. And that's what you want them to see, your connection to the passion. So um, I went to the Chopra Center. Cool. Yeah. And I started studying under Deepak. Um, I did that for about four, three or four years. And I got a, I, I studied uh, the primordial sound meditation teacher certification program. And then um, I really kind of had like a midlife crisis where I started realizing that my daughter was going to graduate from high school. And I still did not know who I was outside of my daughter, me parenting my kids. And so my oldest son was gone and my middle son had graduated from college and here's my daughter. And it's like, who am I when she's gone? Right. That's when I really like started realizing like, wow, I need to focus on 
my passion. And so I dived even more into mindfulness and, um, and I continue to offer. And so um, I'm also really curious in terms of what it does for your health or is there, how do you feel having UC, how has it helped, you know, day-to-day life and the quality of your life as well as others? Have you received any testimonies from other people who have other types of health conditions where meditating has been helpful to them? Absolutely. I'll tell you too, one of my clients, she was having some kidney issues and her doctor said that she needed to reduce stress because every time um, she would get stressed, it would get inflamed. And over time, her kidney issues dissipated and she, you know, attributed it to mindfulness and her eating, but it truly reduced her stress. And also one of my clients went to the doctor's office. I talk about this all the time. So her blood pressure was high and she was like, you know what, wait, check it again. And so she started implementing her breathing techniques that I offer in the mindfulness course. And as the nurse was checking her blood pressure, they watched it reduce right in front of her eyes. And so um, it absolutely does make a difference. Like it will reduce because I have ulcerative colitis, um, I can't take medicines that help you reduce anxiety and depression like Xanax and stuff like that. It causes inflammation. And so people that have ulcerative colitis are more likely to be depressed and anxious because it's in the gut. You know, it's the, the second brain. And so that's the thing. It's like, we're more likely to be depressed. And at the same time, we can't take the depressed medications. So meditating consistently. I really need to participate in mindful meditation. I should probably sign up for some of your classes. I've tried it on some different apps and I just felt like, okay, this is helpful, but I don't really, I mean, I, I struggle with anxiety. I know so many other women, particularly after having children who struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear our doctors, uh, at least I've had some some doctors and health uh, practitioners advise me on meditation, but I think really having someone help you work through these feelings that you're having and, and to your point, like the connectivity of it all on how to kind of, I guess, be one with yourself in the midst of chaos. I think that that seems just really fascinating for me. Yeah, it really helps you to, um, the instant reaction to meditation is that you're thinking, you know, that's something that happens during meditation. But then once you release the idea that you're not supposed to have thoughts, like, so people think that you're supposed to erase all your thoughts, you're supposed to have an empty mind. And that's not the case. The intention is to notice your thoughts. Oh, I'm thinking. And then bring your awareness back to an anchor, which is whatever you're focusing on um, so that um, to bring yourself back to the present moment. And so there are tons of anchors. I tend to use either primordial sound, which is an inward mantra, like I am, I am, or aham, aham. Or I use like a body scan. So awareness of the sensations in your body, awareness of the breath. But there are many different types of anchors. And so really the whole goal is when you sit down, you set your timer and you say, what am I going to focus on? So when I notice my thought, that's mindfulness. 
and no judgment when I notice that I'm thinking instead to turn my awareness back to whatever, whatever that anchor is. I think it would be interesting to understand how does meditation calm a person much like how there's many other options out there that people may resort to, to help soothe anxiety or help center them. Yeah, sure. Sure. And um, there are many different options that people can routes that people can take. Some people, you know, um, drink wine. Some people use medical marijuana. Some people kind of turn towards movies, you know, and just like shut down and just like watch a stream of Netflix shows or Mm -hmm. I do retail therapy. Yeah. Retail. (laughs) Thing about meditation that is nice, which is you, um, when you do the other things, you have to actually do it in that moment to get the react, the result that you're looking for. Whereas with meditation, there's this thing called equanimity, which is the pre- the calmness in the center of a storm. So no matter what's going on around you, there's this like stillness, groundedness. And so the more you meditate, more those experiences in equanimity are present and it cultivates this whole stream of connectedness to presence and calmness. And so instead of having to go to that thing, that source of calm, when you're stressed, that other thing that those, one of the other things that we mentioned, instead, it's like there already. So when a stressful situation comes, let me give you an example. So there's this metaphorical tape that's always playing in the back of our minds. And on that tape are experiences of things that we've had in the past, right? And so times when we have a stressful situation, our reaction is coming from the tape. And so the more you meditate, the more that tape in the back of your head down and you're, re- you're able to respond in a stressful situation instead of reacting. And so that, that awareness is the equanimity, the slowing down of the tape and that being in the full, the fullness of what's happening is, um, is the best thing that comes with meditation, I think. So rather than like, oh my gosh, I'm in this stressful situation. I need a glass of wine, right? Or, oh my gosh, I need to go do whatever it is. I need to sit down and zone out. Instead, you're better equipped to respond and handle in the moment versus trying to rectify it with some other way that may not be the best coping mechanism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Things are slowed down. So you're able to like really see. And so that's one of the benefits of meditation that you're able to see things more clearly because you're not uh, distracted by all the other things. You're fully present. Mm -hmm. I can say that being around you and your family, I can feel it. You guys are just like calm and like being around y'all is just, it's calming and you're happy. You can just sense it that, you know, it's hard to describe. I don't know how you would even describe it. Your aura, maybe. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and people get that experience in presence or zoning, you know, like zoning out, like being fully present um, in different ways. And my husband is an artist. He, when he paints, he's just fully present. So you don't necessarily, like if you find something you really love doing, like knitting or painting or walking, you might walk by yourself. What are some things that you all do 
that don't require anyone else, any, any other interaction I'm asking you for me, usually exercise Mm -hmm. some, some form, whether it's, you know, bar or cycling or, you know, yoga, any of that exercise for me, or, I mean, honestly, almost at least several times a week, I have to take a bath because it's my way to just release all of the anxiety and the energy and just like decompress. But this is something that I, I battle with all the time, just the chaos of life and, and really trying to figure out how do I manage it better for myself and for my family, because my family is also getting, you know, they're feeding off of my energy. Yeah. And negative energy is so toxic. And, and I know that it's just trying to figure out how do I fix it without the resort of medication or, you know, feeling like I have to uh, disconnect from all the humans around me. (laughs) And so, you know, we sometimes have to do that as moms, but I think that this is, this has just been, people tell you to meditate, but you don't really hear the why behind it. And, and you know, like you've, you know, you hear, oh, well, science backs up and, and I don't have any scientific terms to share, but you just hear of people saying, well, science shows that meditation helps to calm anxiety and, and just helps you to kind of be within yourself. However, for me, I need to understand the why, and that helps me to kind of gravitate towards wanting to do it more and the rationale behind some of the different types of guided meditation options that are out there. If you all are interested in um, getting like apps online or something like that, there's this app called Insight Timer. It's a free app and um, you can just have access to tons and tons of free meditations, anything that you'd be interested in. And also Deepak Chopra offers a 30-day free meditation online where you just check in every day. It's just like 20 minutes long. And there's also a couple other things that I want to suggest. I would suggest that you really dive into it by going Mm -hmm. to retreat. And so there's two types of retreats, three types. Um, You could go to a yoga retreat if you're into yoga. I'm a certified yoga instructor. So it's, I like that, um, the movement part, but I also like being still, but sometimes people need to move in order to be present because they're too easily distracted. And so no judgment there, do what's best for you. But there's a place in California um, called Spirit Rock and Spirit Rock offers three to 10 day retreats, silent retreats. And uh, There is something really special about turning in your phone. And I know that it might initially create some anxiety, like, oh, I'm not going to have access to my kids. But what happens is they take your number. I mean, they take like an emergency number and then you, they give you an emergency number so to give to your family. And if there's an emergency, no one has ever called me with an emergency, you know, even though like I've been worried that somebody might, but no, it never happens. And um, you just, it's all inclusive and you have about six 30 minute meditations a day and you're in complete silence. The benefit of this type of meditation is you have to be with yourself. And so when you're not looking, grasping and rejecting, right? Oh, I'm grass. I like this. This feels good. Oh, that doesn't work for me. 
but you're really just being fully with yourself and dealing with whatever comes up, then you connect with more awareness of what's going on with you. Because the things is like living in this reality, you know, the Western world, like it's like you're everything is just so busy Mm -hmm. and there's so much noise. Yeah. There's noise everywhere. Social media, which obviously we're very involved in. I'm a marketer. Angelina runs a social media agency. Life, the pressure, the everything. There's just so much noise in life. Although I have to say, when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, maybe Angelina and I can go do this. And then then I realized, wait, we won't. We won't be able to talk to you. You can't talk. (laughs) The other option is, um, yeah, you don't even make eye contact. Oh, gosh, that that almost sounds like torture to me. Yeah, that'd be hard for us. We talk a lot. (laughs) And then by yourself and there's or anything like that. It's complete silence in the uh, resident halls. But then there's the Chopra Center, which is like a much more luxurious retreat. And I would recommend that one, but it's more expensive for sure. Like maybe three or four times the cost, but it's always worth it to go for me because it's, I leave there. So the difference is with Spirit Rock, I come back kind of like really open and grounded, but also emotional because so much has come up when I'm not bouncing my thoughts off of other people. But the Chopra Center, I always come back singing. Mm you know, they talk a whole lot more. They do a lot of teaching and a lot of connecting. Even the silent retreats, they let you talk. They don't take your phone. So, I mean, but there's a benefit to both. And you can share a room on the Chopra retreat and talk if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a friend that went to a retreat in, I think, Sedona. Oh, I love Sedona. And I heard it was pretty amazing. It was like a yoga retreat. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's something that I've heard other people talk about it and how they have benefited felt so much more clarity when they left. That sounds pretty amazing. Y'all can do a talk 40 to me retreat. Yeah. (laughs) Right. If you could Stephanie give advice to, you know, other women or moms out there on something that would be simple for them to do to start a self-care mindfulness practice, what would that be? I would say to start with being gentle with yourself. You know, um, we are so hard on ourselves, harder on ourselves than we are on almost anyone else. It's like we have these expectations. So I would start with something really small, like driving one way with the phone down and the radio off and the windows down and just being fully present in that drive or taking five minutes to just be in silence turning your phone on and committing to not touching your phone. I meditate for 30 minutes a day, or I typically do. And you can build up to that, or you can just stay there every week or two. If it works for you, you can add another five minutes until you get to 30 minutes, or you can just stay at your five minutes. But um, you'll notice that over time, that that level of stillness is something you go to. It's going to be a retreat for you because it, it just feels so good and so self-loving. You know, there's so much anxiety that comes with grasping, right? Like, did they like it? Did, did the person respond? You know, everything good? Not worry about that, but to just really be like, this is my time. I'm not pulling. I'm not pushing. I'm just being. Yeah, it just feels so good. 
That's amazing. I like that. I might try that car thing. Just personally speaking, I would love to know how myself and other listeners can find you on social and and also find out when you're doing your virtual sessions or your live sessions. How can they follow you? Great. They can go to meditateneworleans.com or on Instagram, Steph Ozzy, S-T-E-P-H-O-Z-Z-Y. And I'm on Facebook, Stephanie Green Osborne, O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Awesome. I love it. We also have, which I, you know you didn't get to see, this has been super helpful. And I want to have, I want other people to kind of get to know you a little bit better too. So we have a segment called Let Me Tell You Something. And then we we do that at the end of- Let me tell you something. Yeah, let me tell you something. Kind of like New Orleans style. So it's, it's just whatever you are loving this week or in this moment, we like to share it. So it could be anything from a book to a show to a, a practice. So tell us something that like, what is forefront in your mind that you're like, I love this right now. Okay, so right now I'm listening to this book called What My Bones Know by- Her name is Stephanie Fu. And this book is about a woman who's dealing with C, PTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And it really resonates with me. And, you know, initially the book is, it's hard to hear, but then, or read, but then um, as you get towards the end, it's really um, encouraging and and it's helpful with great tools on self-care. So that's a book that I would really recommend. And also, let me tell you one more thing about (laughs) Alice and Olivia. They are one of my favorite brands. I love their dresses. Yeah, they have um, some new things out, which I really love. And they have a jumpsuit out that's strapless and it's going on sale right now. I mean, <laughs> I'm going look. Google's Alice and Olivia. Oh, y'all both like Alice and Olivia? I have one Alice and Olivia dress. I love it. And that's like, I want to get more. Yeah. I love to get those dresses for my daughter. And also I like how she has the sweater with the collars that um, are buttoned in the inside. So you can take them off and stuff. I'm going to go look at that. Time for rapid fire. So we ask our guests a few rapid fire questions. And the first one is, what is your go-to pleasure slash self-care? It could be something you love to do in the morning. For example, like if it's a Starbucks or something like that, or something you watch on TV, but anything that is just kind of your go-to practice, what is what might that be? Definitely taking baths. I love taking warm baths. I take two a day. Oh, It's actually my self-care, my time alone that I just kind of soak and have my alone time. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, twice twice a I day. Love, I love a good bath. Oh, no, I we, love a good we, bath. We do. We're bath people. What is your favorite season and why? Oh, I love spring because I love, mm, I love cherry blossoms. I love tulips. Mm-hmm. I love pastel colors. I love when it's warm, but not too warm. I love the sun. The sun just makes me feel so good. Yeah. Oh man. I agree. I do not think that I could live in a, in an area where it's super gloomy and cloudy and rainy. And I ain't shoveling. I'm not shoveling no snow. I tell you that right now. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite way to spend the day off? Your ideal day. Like if you just had the day. Waking up after getting eight and a half to nine hours of sleep. Nice. 
being like with my family in the morning, maybe like being in the sunroom and having some hot tea, hearing from my kids and knowing that they're good, maybe getting in the jacuzzi at night with my husband before we go to bed. Intimacy, you know, with my husband in the daytime, daytime intimacy. Instead of, you know, like when your kids are younger, it's usually you know, morning and night. I don't know. It's the schedule thing, but daytime intimacy is great. Being with my girlfriends for lunch, eating some really amazing food. I used to be really attached to fine dining, but I'm not anymore. It's like, if it's quality, healthy food, I'll go for that. And being in the sun, maybe a walk. Yeah, that's it. I love how your face lights up talking about that. Yes, like, agree. It's just like you can tell that would be your ideal. I, I feel day. like so relaxed as you as you talk. About- <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? I would tell my younger self, take some of the pressure off yourself because no one else cares as much as you do. To be kind to yourself because you have to be your first best friend. I love that. That's great advice. If only we could go back and tell, yeah. So all of our younger listeners take that one because that's awesome. Stephanie, this has been, this has been really an awesome chat. Yes. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I know. And I also, I like, I feel like when we end this, I want to like hang up and go meditate. I just feel like the need, (laughs) the need to like ground myself. And it's just, you can tell that you radiate just this happiness, especially when you talk about the things that you love and the meditation, and it's clearly you're passionate and you bring that through so vividly. And we just appreciate you so much. Thank you both for having me. This has been so sweet and uh, real comfortable. I just have enjoyed it. So thank you. I hope y'all have a beautiful day. Thank you all for joining us in today's episode. The information provided in today's episode is for informational purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. We advise our audience to consult a medical professional or healthcare provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. Thank you all again for joining us on another episode of Talk 40 to Me, and we look forward to next week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk 40 to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life.